Welcome to the Speak Up Talk Radio Network. I am Pat Rulo. We specialize in author interviews, audiobook and podcast production, as well as the prestigious Firebird Book Awards. We also feature our fun and short podcast that allows authors to record their own writing tips to share on our very own Boom Bang Oh My Gosh Wow podcast, which you will find right along with the rest of our offerings at speakuptalkradio.com. But right now, I am so happy to share a recent and returning Firebird Book Award winning author with you. She is Deanie Humphreys Dunn, and her winning books are titled Charlene the Star and My Life at Sweetbriar. Deanie is a multiple award winning children's author of eight books, and her writing has earned her many awards. She believes the message that perseverance is the key to accomplishing amazing things and has made it her mission to share this message, one that can benefit every child. She knows from her own life experience that we can attain much more than we ever imagined possible by never quitting. And I'm so happy to have another opportunity to talk with her. So welcome back to the network, Deanie. Oh, thank you, Pat. I'm so excited to be here. I love to spend time with you. You're my favorite interviewer. <laughs> I love that. We we During our first conversation, it was just like two old friends, and now we're just picking up where we left off, right? That's right. I know. Well, our previous conversation was about your Firebird Book Award for the book titled A Tractor Named Wilbur. And that interview is still on our site, our website, so folks can hear all about that fun book, too. So before we begin talking about your two new books, let's say congratulations on the book wins. That was exciting. Oh, thank you. It it was exciting. We're always honored to receive an award. Well, you do such good work. You want to be recognized for it. So I'm glad that you share them with us. It's always an honor here. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Uh, I think maybe before we get into the two books, just give us a little peek into your background, just so folks have an idea of who you are. Well, I started writing books in 2009, and now we have eight of them. And my sister, Holly Humphreys Bajaj, illustrated most of my books. She only didn't illustrate um, My Life at Sweetbriar because we used real photos, and the newest book, uh, Wilbur's new home. She didn't. Uh, she illustrated some of those, but we got some uh, two illustrators for that book because Holly was very busy and didn't have time to do all the pictures. Well, that but, is a big um, job. Yes, but mm-hmm. I'm. We're always excited about Wilbur and all the other books because we tried to do our best to make them entertaining and fun for the kids to read, and they learn important things in the meantime, we hope. (laughs) The characters, your books are like part of your family. Yes, they are. We we always try to make them a little bit different and something that people will remember and like to read over and over again. You do a good job. All righty, well, let's take a peek into... Charlene the Star, give us an idea of what that book is about. Well, Charlene the Star is a series, and the Charlene the Star book is the first one. And Charlene's very upset because her two best friends, Blossom and Anne, uh, they can't wait to start racing. That's what they dream about, and that's what they want to do, and that's what they're thinking they're going to be very good at. And everyone in Charlene's family liked racing, too, but 
she doesn't think she's going to like it. She thinks she's going to get dizzy running around in circles, and she just doesn't think it sounds like fun at all. So she tries to talk her mom into not letting her try it. She says, Mama, do I have to try it? And uh, her mom says, I think you should at least try it, so then you'll know whether you like it or not. So she agrees to try it. And in the meantime, she practices with her friends, Blossom and Anne, and she always comes in last. And she said, Mama, it's just not fun. But her mom still insisted. And so Charlene uh, ha- asked her mom, what do I do if I don't like racing? And her mom said, show the trainers that you don't like it. So Charlene got on the racetrack, and she hopped up and down. She um, made her legs really stiff and hopped up and down, and she called, those are called crow hops with horses. And so she crow hopped all over the place, and she, those were like her little tantrums. She tried to show them that she wasn't having any fun at all. And finally they caught on. And so Charlene asked her mom, oh, maybe I can make a career out of hopping up and down. She said, I'm very good at tantrums. <laughs> And then she considered maybe she would like to be a model because she asked her mom, what do models do? And she said, her mom told her, oh, models look very pretty. They stay under the lights and, you know, they, they, a lot of, they get a lot of pictures taken. But uh, then Charlene found out that models have to watch their weight and they can't eat what they want all the time. And she said, no, that won't do. <laughs> So, um, but she then she finds out that she's really good at jumping instead of racing, and so she excels in that, and she has a lot of fun, and she thinks that jumping is the greatest thing ever. I love that. Why is it important for you to share these kind of messages with children? Well, for Charlene the Star, I wanted children to know it's okay if they don't have the same talents as their friends. They don't have to feel like they're left out or they're not just as special as their friends are because everybody has different talents. Our parents always used to tell us that. They'd say, because, for example, my sister Holly's very good at art, and when I draw stick figures, our mom never even knew what they were. She said, what is that? (laughs) So I'm just not good at drawing, but I'm good at writing, I hope, so um, I like writing, and it's just that everybody likes different things, and I'd like children to know that it's okay to to be different, to look different, to act, um, to have different likes and dislikes, and to have different talents. It's okay. It is okay, and that's such an important message, and what a great way to do that through the horse character in your book, where you're not hitting them over the head with the message, and they at the end of the story, they, they get it and can equate that to their lives, perhaps. Yes, I hope so. And Charlene makes this, I think Charlene makes this story kind of funny because she's she's really very funny and she's cute. And, um, and there are pictures in there that Holly drew and so that the children will know what Charlene looks like. And there's a picture of her jumping. And um, it, it's, I think that, they have fun reading it, and that's the main thing, that they have fun and, and learn new things. Absolutely. And what kind of feedback have you received from the book? Oh, uh, a lot. Of, we've gotten a lot of good reviews for it, and it's gotten some awards. Um, besides the Firebird Award, it's gotten 
um, a cover award and an award from the Equus Film Festival. And um, so it's gotten a few different awards, and we're very excited about that. Yes, it has made its way around, hasn't it? Yes. <laughs> that always feels good. So this is part of a series. Yes, that's the first book. And the second one is called Charlene the Star and Hattie's Heroes. And then the third one is Charlene the Star and Bentley Bulldog. Oh, wow. So they all have Charlene in them, but different things happen in each one. Are there going to be more than three? I'm not sure. <laughs> we might come up with more than three. Mm-hmm. Just... But we're um, working on something different right now. We might come up with something else. All right. Just well, kind of st- take one step at a time. <laughs> have to stay tuned for that. Yes. All right. We will do that. All right. Now, how about your book, My Life at Sweetbriar, A Life Changed by Horses? I know this is a very personal story. This is your story. Um, so maybe give us a peek into that as well. Well, that's an uh, entirely different kind of a story because it's a true story. Um, when I was born, I was a couple of months early, so I only weighed three pounds, and so it was a little uh, sketchy in the beginning, but I think my parents weren't too worried that I wasn't going to make it after they found out I could yell just as loud as the big kids, because <laughs> so, I had really good lungs, and that was that was a good thing, but other things took me a long time, like um, not talking, though. I could, I could talk. Uh, in full sentences when I was one year old, but I couldn't walk around very well. And when I was almost four, my parents got kind of worried about that because I was way behind with it. So then they took me to a specialist and the doctor said I wouldn't be able to walk. And my I still remember my dad picking me up and he um, had a few words for the doctor that were kind of colorful, and then um, he said, he told me, don't worry about it because I'm going to teach you how to ride horses and we'll prove that the doctor was wrong. So that was our big goal, We and I wanted to do that anyway since I grew up on a horse farm, and my big thing that I wanted to do most was be a champion horseback rider, like my sisters. So... Um, I worked really hard at it, and the only thing that was different was it took me a long time to get where I wanted to be, but it's okay because I did get there, and I remember my dad asking me if I was upset that it took me so long, and I said the only, the good thing was that when I got there, it was going to be more important because of how hard we worked to get there. What a wise answer. What wise parents you had to share those. I think I I did. I'm just so lucky that I had those because I could have had parents that babied me or parents that said, you can't do this and you can't do that. Mm -hmm. But my parents never did that. They said, you can do anything you want to do. Just certain things will take you a little bit longer, but it doesn't mean you can't do them. And this explains why you write the way you do. Um, That inspiration was all around you. You lived it. Yes, and I think that makes a difference because it's easier to convince people if you mm-hmm. already know mm-hmm. from your own experiences what it's like. And I think I never let it st- 
stop me from doing anything. And um, and that's why when I did get to be a champion and, and jump in horse shows, it was a big thing because the first step was trying to convince my dad to teach me to jump because he didn't want to. He said, um, you know, you're going to fall off a lot. And I said, Daddy, I'll get up. I always do. And and he said, and I told him, besides, uh, he taught a blind person how to jump. And I said, so you can't teach him and not me. It's not right. And so he he finally did. But then we, we tried it the first time. I had this little pony, and I said, can we use Coco? Because we're already friends, and she's little, and if I fall off, it's not going to be a long ways to go to the ground. So he said, oh, that would be good. But then I kept falling off for no reason. Poor Coco tried to tiptoe around, but I still <laughs> fell off. <laughs> so um, after that, he said, well, you know, we have to, we're going to take a break and try again when your legs get stronger because my legs just weren't strong enough to hold me on. Mm-hmm. So we, so he said that, I said, well, Daddy, that's not right because that means that we're giving up. And he said, no, we're not. We're just taking a break. We'll, we'll go back to it. So um, he waited about a year and then he said we could try again. And that time I was so excited because I actually was still in the middle of the horse when his feet hit the ground. <laughs> so I was so excited to stay on, stay on. for that. So that was a, a big first step. Because I, I ran around saying, I jumped, I jumped. <laughs> but then I found out it wasn't all that easy just because I stayed on for one jump because it took another six years six years before I could jump in competitions, which is really what I wanted to do. Wow. It was jump in competitions. You did not let anything hold you back. Well, you can't. If you I think everyone who's a champion knows or anyone who's a winner knows that any person can make it through the easy days because you just slide right through and nothing stops you, but if you have a problem and it takes a long time and you run into a stumbling block, then it, you might, you have to decide which way you're going to go, and that determines what kind of per- outcome you're going to have mm-hmm. and what kind of person you really are if you can get through the, the harder times. Because they're like the good times. They don't last forever, so if you... Just keep trying. You're going to get to the good times again. Right. What's amazing, though, is that you seem to have had this kind of innate wisdom even as a little child. I I, I can understand how an adult you would grow into this kind of understanding, but it seems from what you're saying that you already had this ability to be a champion even when you were a tiny little one. I think it's just the way my parents raised me that they because they never let me think that I couldn't do anything or anything at all. They just kept telling me, anything you want to do, you can do it. So don't listen to anybody who says that you can't because you can do anything you want. If if you set your mind to it, that's what they always told me. And so I kept telling myself that I could do it, even if it took a a little bit longer than with other people. But um, my dad promised me that 
someday he would get me a horse that would be a really special one so we could go in the, the big shows together. So when I outgrew my pony, he went looking. He, We lived in, in Connecticut, and we lived in Connecticut then, and he went all the way to Ohio to find her. And I wasn't with him. So when he came home, he didn't have a horse in the trailer. And he would call me up while he was looking, and I'd say, Daddy, did you find my horse? And he'd say, no, I saw this one, and I didn't choose that one, and I saw this one, and I didn't choose that one, and and I saw all these other ones, but I didn't choose them. And then he came home, and there was no horse in the trailer, and I was very upset because he kept telling me about all the horses he didn't choose. <laughs> and I thought he didn't get a horse because he didn't come home with one, but... He told me that he found a horse in Ohio and that he thinks that she would be the perfect one, but she was involved in an accident, and the owner um, wanted to make sure that her scrapes and cuts were all better before he sent her on the horse van to Connecticut. So uh, we had to wait about 10 more days before I met her, and it was dark. We picked her up in Port Chester, and... I I um looked I asked daddy I said daddy what's her name and he said I don't know and I said how could you meet her and not find out what her name is uh, but he didn't so um her name her name was Fleet Nancy but we gave her a nickname of Peach because my sister Holly when she was standing behind her one day she looked at her muscles and she said her her um the back of her, her hindquarters, they, they look like a peach because they're so big and, <laughs> and round. They look like a peach. And so everyone called her Peach after that. That was her nickname. <laughs> oh, I love Peach. That's and that's awesome. where her power came from, oh. her jumping, because she loved it. And she did really well at it. My dad was a professional horseman for 50 years, and he said that, he got goosebumps every time he watched her because she just had style and class and disposition and the whole package. Oh, I didn't know your dad had such an intense background in, in, uh, yes, he did. And he also had an intuition about horses. And whenever he had that intuition, he would, he would buy the horse. And he told me, he had the intuition for Peach and none of the other horses. Mm. So he really thought that she was the right one. And the man who owned her took her out so that he could, Daddy could see her jumping um, without a rider on her. Mm-hmm. There's a way that you can do that. And um, he could see that she could jump and that, you know, she wasn't lame or anything from her accident that she had with, she, she fell through the through a trailer, she fell through the floor of a trailer. Oh! When when she was on her way to her first horse show. Oh. So she got scrapes and everything, but she was okay, and um, all the scrapes healed up, and she was just fine. Oh. So you won championships with Peach? Yes, we won lots. She she was like super horse, and. My dad used to tell me that um, the other horses just weren't the same as she was, and they really weren't the same. 
So I used to think that I kind of had the edge because they didn't have horses like Pete. The, uh, their horses got tired from jumping. She never got tired. Sometimes my sisters and I would share her at the shows, and so she might go in seven or eight events in one day with jumping and everything. And she'd be playing around, shaking her head and hopping, doing tiny little quill hops because she was having fun. And the other horses were falling asleep going around the courses. <laughs> <laughs> so I, so um, even though things were a little bit harder for me to do, um, I felt like we had the advantage, mm-hmm. Peach and me. Oh my gosh, I love this. Peach kind of compensated and maybe she understood, you know, I'm sure she did. And I said, think she mm-hmm. did because she listened to her. when you're riding, your legs are very important to, you have to know when to make the horse make their strides a little bit longer so that they come into the jump just, just right. Mm-hmm. And Peach was always paying attention, I think, when it, when, um, she knew what I wanted her to do. Oh. So she, got lots and lots of championships and she was she was um really well known uh, throughout the area there was a man who had a big horse farm in the south somewhere and he asked he called my dad and asked if he could buy her for whatever whatever price that daddy wanted but of course, daddy refused he told the man no it was his daughter's horse and he couldn't replace her so, oh. um, but I couldn't imagine he would have said yes. Oh, no. There was obviously a connection that you had with this horse and that Peach had with you. I love that. It's so beautiful. She, she was just so special. And and I'm the, the luckiest person to have her because mm-hmm. she was like a once-in-a-lifetime horse. Yep. She she did everything. She She was really good at jumping and... It's another example of the man who owned her. He started her as a racehorse, and he only raced her a couple of times, but he saw that she wasn't really good at it. And so um, then he he started her as a show horse, and she was really good at that. Mm-hmm. So it's just like Charlene. Charlene didn't like racing, oh. and Peach didn't like racing, but she loved jumping. I was just going to say that. There's a story in there. Oh, wait. there! You already did that. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Just pull from your real life experiences, which were just broad and beautiful. What a what a wonderful life um, spending with these horses. Was it easy to write this for you? Was it emotional when you were writing this? What did you go through personally? Um, it wasn't too hard, except that there were some kind of sad parts in the story like when we had a fire and two of the horses passed away and especially my mom's pony that she really loved and that was sad to write about but I knew what I wanted to write so that made it a little bit easier mm-hmm. so I just tried to write it in a way that kids would like so I tried I asked a lot of questions in the story, and I tried not to make it just all about me, because mm-hmm. that would have been a big bore. <laughs> so, um, but I tried really hard to make it interesting. And do you have horses now? No, I don't. I would if we could afford them, but 
course, it's really the sport of kings these days, and it's like an, another mortgage with all the mm-hmm. expenses that no, I get that that there are. Yeah, and if you're, if you're going to have them, you have to do it right as well. Yeah, you do, and and show it, and going in horse shows is super expensive. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing is just really expensive. So I was really lucky growing up. My dad, he was pretty as patient as he could be. He used to get a little frustrated because I'd get impatient sometimes, and and I'd cry, and he he hated that if I got upset about. We were having a bad day, and I cried, and he'd say, well, I'll come back in a few minutes when you calm down. <laughs> but then we'd, we'd go back, and we'd finish what we started. We always finished what we started. If I fell off, I always got back on and finished whatever we started, because that's important. If you fall off, you can't, you can't let the horse um, feel like something happened and you didn't correct it. That's not a good thing. And even though sometimes um, it wasn't Peach's fault if I fell off, mm-hmm. but she was funny about that too. If something happened that I fell off and it wasn't her fault, she would just stand there and look at me. But <laughs> if she slid in the mud or or refused, which hardly ever happened, but if she did and I fell off, then she'd run away because she knew she'd be in trouble. <laughs> she knew she was bad. <laughs> So wise and intuitive. She was. She was funny that way. But she would do that. Oh, and another thing she used to do is um, she, when she got excited, like um, right before the horse shows, we would braid their mane and we would give her a bath and then we would braid her mane and braid her tail. And when we were doing all the braiding and everything, she knew there was going to be a show the next day. So she'd get excited and she'd be She'd curl her upper lip and she'd flap her lips all the time. <laughs> and that's what she did. And even in the shows, um, you could see her. Sometimes in pictures, you could see her lip was curled up because she was flapping her lips. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love Peach. <laughs> she, was so, she was so sweet. She really was. Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad you had that opportunity. And I'm happy that you're sharing that now with others. That's just so important. You're working on something else now? Yes. We're working on a story about twin ponies mm-hmm. named Coco and Cream. And um, it's going to be fun. They have, they're going to have a lot of adventures together. And it's going to be a, a chapter book like Charlene the Star. Um, but it'll, it won't be as long as my life at Sweetbriar. It'll be a shorter chapter book, but Holly will do the illustration. Oh, I love this cocoa and cream. We haven't figured out what the title's going to be yet, but that's the, they're (laughs) going to be twins and they have certain things that are the same on them. Like they're a little bit different. uh, Well, they're different colors. Cocoa is dark and cream is very light, almost white. And, um, but they both have wild hair. Their manes go all over the place (laughs) and they have big feet. And our dad used to call them platter feet, but with horses, if they have platter feet like that, big round feet, uh, they never get uh, problems with their feet. Their feet are always healthy, and they don't have issues with their feet, usually. Oh, you're having so much fun. (laughs) Yes, we are. We always have fun together. Well, is there anything we missed as we begin to wrap up that you wanted to talk about today? 
don't think so. I guess we could just mention, if anyone wants to know anything about any of my books, yep. just go to my website, www.childrensbookswithlifelessons.com, and you can see all about, you can read all about them. Oh, I just love spending time with you. Dini Humphreys Dunn, it's so fun to talk with you and share your books and share your life with our listeners. All right, and your website is childrensbookswithlifelessons.com. Yes, that's right. And thank you very much for taking time with me. And I just want everyone to know how much I like writing stories for children. I like to inspire them and encourage them to be their best. Well, you are certainly a shining example of that. So thank you, and thank you for sharing your books with us. And we've got one in the hopper right now in this quarter's Firebirds, so maybe we'll be doing this again, I hope. Oh, me too. I hope so. You were a lovely person. Thank you, Deanie. Thank you very much.